0: This is Dune Talk, a dunenewsnet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey, everyone. Excited to bring you a new episode of Dune Talk. Glad to have you join us again this week. Or if you're stopping by for the first time, welcome. You found the official news, the official show of dunenewsnet.com, where we cover everything Dune. Of course, there's a lot going on with the movies, and we also cover all the news relating to books, comics, games, and upcoming TV shows. Well, it's happening. Production on Dune Part 2 is fully underway. We're looking forward to discuss all the latest movie news and what we have to look forward to later this year. Plus, we have a couple of quick expanded Dune updates with uh, another game announced and some just-released retro-style collectibles toys uh, transporting us back to the 80s. This is Marcus, your editor at Dune News Net, and I'm here together with uh, two of the other Dune Talk crew members. Hey, everybody. Uh, good to be with you today. Uh, this is Garen, and
1: uh, I'm just glad that production for part two is underway. So I know this this is a necessary part of creating the next step in this in this story, and I'm just excited to watch all the news come through.
2: Hey, everyone. This is Johnny Sabcek again, as well. Um, definitely echo. Those sentiments, Garen. Super excited to uh, be in the next chapter, I suppose, of uh, of the story for these films. And that's the one thing I feel like I have to keep reminding myself: is I'm, I just can't wait to see it, or I can't wait for the the first trailer, the first like look at at the characters. But I know it's like you got to just enjoy the ride. So um, I'm excited to talk about some more details that we've gotten recently. And also, uh, shout out to Simon, of course, who, uh, as I'm sure Marcus is about to mention, is not here today um we went we miss our our dune companion over there (laughs) to use garen's uh
0: moniker yeah we're we're missing Simon this week but uh yeah we're hoping he'll be be back for the next episode dune movie news so last time on dune talk uh, we discussed the first shooting in italy uh, with uh, florence pew as uh, princess Irlan, and that took place in early july since then, the status of uh, Dune Part Two has officially changed to in-production. And on July 18, we got that anticipated photograph of the clapperboard for the second movie, <laughs> together with uh, that flurry of activity from uh, on social media from the studios and the actors' accounts. Uh, so remember, it was previously reported that uh, in the industry trades that Dune Part Two was on track to start full-on production on July 22, with the bulk of the cast and crew set to reunite in Budapest, Hungary. And indeed, leading up to that date, we got confirmation that uh, director Denis Villeneuve is in the city. And then one by one, uh, we started to get the photographs from uh, different cast members who have been, been arriving. So we got some video of Austin Butler. We've seen uh, Rebecca Ferguson posting on Instagram. Le- Leah Sidhu C- is there. And uh, most recently, we got a shot of uh, Timothy Chalamet eating in one of the, the local restaurants. And there's been some reports that uh, Zendaya has been been cited. Haven't seen any photos yet. But yeah, it seems pretty much that uh, that all the stars are are gathering um, gathering there at the moment. So, um, Johnny, what, what's been most exciting for you from these past, uh, weeks of reports?
2: Yeah. So, uh, I would say I was really happy just to see that the social media pages for the movie, like took the opportunity to like make an official announcement, um, and not leave things kind of in the dark or like, not like totally clear if they are in production, if they're not. Um, and it just, it came along with the press release as well. Uh, that we got a little bit more details on, which I'm sure we'll probably go into in, in a minute. But um, the 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 picture of the clapperboard, very simple, uh, nothing that gives anything away, no big set or costumes or anything. But um, I noticed, I feel like I don't know if anyone mentioned this or if it was just so obvious and I just didn't realize it till later. But I noticed the clapperboard; it's actually laying in actual sand in whatever. It must be a set in Budapest, I suspect, but. Um, I thought that was pretty cool um, and I also like the, the little long live the fighters um, mm-hmm. slogan thrown in there just tiny font who knows if that'll be something that um, you know appears in, in the actual film or not but I thought that was a really cool touch and uh, it was just nice to see and not only was it nice to just have the film um, the social media pages acknowledge that they started filming but the response I feel like online I feel like Dune was trending for like a solid day or two um the tweet blew up it has like nearly 100,000 likes and like 20,000 retweets and so uh and I I tweeted you know it's a pretty impressive comparison to the expectation of the conversation around the film prior to release or at least especially when part one was getting ready to film it was like everyone was just of the mind that this is some doomed project that is just not maybe it'll be good Villeneuve doesn't disappoint but maybe it wouldn't get the the acclaim or the the attention that it deserves and thankfully that the opposite happened I would say um and now everyone seems to be on the dune train uh riding the worm and ready for uh to see more of what kind of what part two is going to be about I think it's really going to be quite a uh an awesome hit and I'm excited to see now that things are moving and social media pages are involved and whatnot I'm excited to see like how they do their first looks at the new characters and I'm already thinking to next year, next summer, the first posters and the trailer and things like that. That's
1: pretty fun next 12 months or so. Yeah, I I really kind of liked seeing and feeling the uptick in excitement uh, with that Clapperboard post. And, and I was really excited to see everyone joining in. Um, I also noticed, I'm sure... You know, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but I know I noticed for Prime Day that uh, the Dune Part One movie went went on sale for $7.99. and then shortly thereafter, uh, Apple did the same thing uh, of, on their movie purchase uh, site. And uh, so, I'd like to believe in in my fan world that you know, once people start seeing and feeling and hearing the buzz, it's like, okay, I'm going to go see this now for the ninth time. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to buy it. I'm gonna get back into that mode and that feeling, and of course, I watched it again the other day, and it's just exciting to know that I'm gonna get to see what happens. You know, I mean, I've recently read uh, that that second uh, book in the Dune novel, the first Dune novel, and tried to kind of imagine, you know, what what's what's coming, and I think it's gonna be uh, more than what I think because there's not as much there that Frank Herbert has written but there's a lot that you could do to depict a lot of the things that he talks about in, in that last third of the book that's going to be the movie part two. So I don't know. I just I kind of got all back into it again. I mean, I'm always kind of in the, in the exciting excitement of, of Dune, but I it kind of raised uh, a few levels uh, after seeing some of the posts on on Twitter and and then knowing that they're actually there. In fact, I often think about it throughout the day. I'm like, you know, I wonder what they're doing. I know there's a time <laughs> difference. It's like eight hours difference, but, you know, it's like, hey, I wonder what they're doing. You know, what, what scene are they shooting or what are they practicing for? And, you know, I know that Austin Butler's there and obviously there's going to be that, you know, that uh, climactic scene uh, from the book. And uh, I'm sure they're, you know, preparing, they're fighting you know, choreography and and, and training and being in tip top shape. And so I don't know, my mind is just now all around what's happening, which I wasn't really able to do in 2018, when they were shooting part one, right, because I didn't really have a lot of context, I didn't really have the world hadn't been laid out for me yet. And so I was just trying my best to sort of imagine, you know, how is Villeneuve going to create this story, you know, and, and now I know. So my imagination's kind of trying to fit in that world view that he's created. So it's just been fun the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I can can resonate with that because uh, now that we've gotten to know more of the cast and, and crew, and for example, we know that uh, Roger Yuan, who's the five corner, he he was also in the in Budapest, so I can imagine you know he's like uh, working with Austin Butler on the th- those knife uh, knife fighting skills, getting ready for his uh, yeah potentially two major duels in the in the movie, or uh, potentially more fighting. We, we we don't know, but yeah, at least uh, those two two duels will probably be like some uh, really impressive scenes in the in the movie.
1: Villeneuve established, you know, with the the gurney. Uh... Paul training scene right that there can be some some pretty intensive and and very high quality sword fighting right that was very well established and then obviously the battles between sardaukar and and atreides uh uh troops but i'd like to believe that that the is going to actually even create kind of the iconic um intensive focus in in sword fighting because some people sort of uh like to describe Dune as science fiction, but also kind of fantasy at the same time, right? Because it's not like we have laser guns blasting all around us like Star Wars, right? Because of shields and the interaction between laser guns and shields. So I really, I, I can kind of imagine or envision that maybe there's going to be, like you said, Marcus, maybe a lot more uh, one-on-one dueling or, or, or sword fighting than, than maybe is depicted or described in the book just because Fade is this incredibly gifted and skilled uh, fighter in in the ring, you know, uh, at sword fighting, and he's killed hundreds or thousands of, of opponents. So, you know, you could do a lot with that to create the feeling that Fade is this ruthless opponent that does Paul even stand a chance, you know, so there's a lot you can do.
2: Yeah, Garen, real quick to, to your point, I think that, yeah, that's going to be a pretty big element of part two and I'm really excited to see what Roger Yuan and and Villeneuve and their crew kind of come up with that uh, for that um and also just thinking about because as Marcus was saying the stars are kind of aligning in Budapest and who knows as you were saying kind of what they could be filming on any given day um I, I think there's a lot a lot of uh, interesting possibilities even the sand that sand with the clapperboard photo that I I, I saw I could just imagine maybe that's the sand in the uh, in the arena when, uh, you know, Fade is killing. Yeah. I would imagine that would be an interesting, especially sometimes I know, obviously films, pro, you know, television projects, they're always shot out of order. They're never chronological. But a lot of times early on, they will film like bigger set pieces or like the, if it's the beginning of the movie, potentially they may want to knock that out first. And I think that would be interesting to think that maybe they are already kind of moving that direction or, or filming or at least rehearsing some of those things. Um, and as far as like the other newcomers, I, I don't know if you either of you saw, but I did a, a poll uh, with some of the, the four major uh, new additions. And I, I asked, you know, who are you most excited to see, like as far as their performance? Um, and uh, 1,100 people voted on it. And Austin Butler was, uh, of course, number one. Yeah. And I think, I think I feel pretty similar. I mean, I really love the idea of walking as the Emperor, and I'm really excited to see that. But I think, you know, off the heels of Elvis and how much I was blown away by Austin Butler in that role. And now knowing that he's going to play this like kind of sinister. like Fate is such an interesting character. I'm sure we could go on all day about all the different things that they could do with that. But knowing Butler is going to be playing a role like that. I think there's just a lot of fun to be had there, um, not only in his performance, but the appearance of the character and and the action scenes we've been talking about or the duels. So. Um, I can see why I think people are really, I think Austin Butler is going to be a, a huge asset to the film. I'm excited to see um, both in in that the action scenes and, and also just the scenes between, you know, him and the Baron, you know, him and Stellan Skarsgård. Like that's such a, you know, cool thing to think about. And also he does he does feature in scenes with several other major characters as well. So um, there's just going to be a lot of fun interactions. I think that's the benefit of a part two is because, you know, you establish these things, as Garen was saying in the first one, you flesh out the world you fill it with characters and then in the second one you're introducing new characters jamming characters that are interacting before that didn't act or inter- interact in the first part so um lots of fun i think scenes and there's a lot that can be again pulled pulled apart and expanded um more so than even what was on the page you know with frank herbert
0: yeah i'm just thinking back to the contrast of a couple of months ago like how the reaction was completely different you know when, when when alston butler was announced a lot of people were like who is that or like maybe that was their their least uh um the the least uh, enthusiastic reaction that, that they were having to the new cast members and that's uh, seems to have been been uh, reversed yeah i have, have said like i'm i'm really looking forward to see see what he brings through all I, I i'm still i'm um like also looking forward to florence uh, Pugh just because like she she is going to be part of the franchise potentially for for a longer period of time so re- really interested to see how how she plays her her role in this uh, this movie
1: Yeah. I don't want to take anything away from the film Elvis because I, I really, really liked it. Um, I probably a movie. I haven't enjoyed that much in in quite a while, but, um, I did, I I have to admit though, that there were times when I was taken out of it because my mind was trying to imagine (laughs) him, him as fade, not, not in an Elvis way. Right. But, um, he's, he's, he's very, um, you know, he he was able to uh, mimic Elvis's dance moves extremely well. I mean, he just nailed that, right? Um, and and so, someone who is that coordinated and and that artistic in his body movements, again, that's mm. what you need for Fade, right? He's 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 a skilled, ruthless killer, and he, he is going to need to have the, that type of a body and that type of movement for that to be believable as Fade Ratha. So. Um, I, I did it, I did kind of zone out a couple of times and I him as spade, but for the most part, uh, he was Elvis through and through and I, I just loved
0: it. Part of the, the press release at, at that time, we, we also got a new uh, synopsis uh, for, for Dune part two. Uh, so I'll just read from that. Um, this follow-up film will explore the mythic journey of Paul Atreides as he unites with Cheney and the Fremen while on a warpath of revenge against the conspirators who destroyed his family. Facing a choice between the love of his life And the fate of the known universe he endeavors to prevent a terrible future only he can foresee so garen going by what we know by the first movie and what we know of the original story of course do you feel that this does a good job in summing up like that second part of the book
1: yeah for the most part um the the line about having to choose between what what is the love of his life or whatever that is that's that's chani obviously um I don't know how much that is a critical piece in the overall grand scheme of the of the story, but I, I think that's a pretty decent uh, um, summary. It didn't it didn't resonate with me the first time I read it though. It felt a little forced um, because I guess I'm so aware of the continuing story right in Messiah and children and and God Emperor and so to me. Uh, I guess that's an accurate uh, part two description or or summary, but um, I guess I'm saying I didn't love it to be honest.
0: Yeah, I think one of the parts there is uh, is obviously that they're they're putting more emphasis on on the Zendaya and, and the role of, of Chani, mm-hmm. which we know will be bigger in the movie than than it is in, in the book. That, that's that's definitely one one factor, but it does does raise some some questions because, yeah, he endeavours to prevent a terrible future that that only he can foresee. Like you know, is it really something he can prevent or or not? You know.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i remember when the first uh press release came out and we got for part one um and we got the the synopsis with that and that's the same synopsis we saw over and over again it's on you know same thing they put on like fandango and amc and all these other things um you know just giving a short summary of the movie uh but it's not something where it's basically the same thing as that first part where it's just a you can't possibly encapsulate like the nuances of the Dune story, especially half of it, um, in just a brief synopsis. But you know, they make it as a uh, kind of marketable as possible. And I think, especially for part two, you do kind of have to. You know, I'm not so I'm not sure how people are gonna feel at the end of this movie. Uh, to be honest with you, I and mean, we don't really know. We don't know how it's gonna end, as far as. W- how it's depicted or like what is the feeling they're going to try to leave us with walking out um, because for part one for example I mean you know it ends with them walking into the desert and it's like you know Paul smiling he's chosen to go with the Fremen he's chosen Chani and his vision has like come true of being with Chani in the desert um, but then you know you have Jessica watching and just the look on her face is the most grim expression uh, so and it really is like it it there's like a, a burst of music and he's smiling walking off, but it it's like, th- there's, it's really actually pretty dark. And like, I feel like part one, it, it's supposed to be like, well, for people that don't really know, like, this is a triumphant, like let's go on to part two kind of feeling, but it is supposed to be like a darker, I think, kind of vibe to it. So I'm very curious to see um, how the end of part two, like what that looks like, because we've already seen the visions of the, the, the jihad and, And, um, you know, we know what Paul knows, at least, or at least what he's seen or what he thinks he knows. So how far do you go into that? Or how much do you like lean into the fact that he's going to be complicit in these things and that this is, he's choosing, he's being selfish and choosing this route and that's going to result in catastrophe. It's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty interesting. I'm really excited to see that, especially with regards to more visions, presumably. Um, I think they're going to expand that even more, especially with Water of Life and things like that. We'll see how that's depicted or how much they go into that. Um, But that's one thing I'm like, I love movie endings are so important, I think. I think that's the most important part of the movie. Even if you start out not great, if the opening isn't great or super gripping, I think if you end on a strong note, people feel better You know, walking out of the theater. They feel like they arrived at a a good, satisfying conclusion. So I think that's going to be really... And Villeneuve, of course, always has beginning 10 he's fantastic but his endings I think always resonate with me so uh, that's going to be really interesting and I think this synopsis kind of it 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 puts it in as plain of terms as possible and maybe it, it's a little too like poppy in some ways but I think it's going to be uh I don't know maybe they're just trying to you know make it not uh be so sour if and when it goes that
0: route potentially. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, uh, we, we know from, from the, the tent scene in, in book one that uh, Villeneuve is definitely not shying away from like the, the darker sides of, of what's, what's to come. So like, I'm sure that he's going to continue to ex- explore that in, in the second movie and uh, that we will get that, you know, a, a clear idea of what the direction that's going, especially knowing that his his ambition is to continue with, with Dune's side.
1: Just having watched part one the other day, um, it, it's almost like uh, the director has the ability to see the story in a timeline as it were. And the director chooses to kind of amplify certain parts of that uh, progress of the story along a timeline. And I found it really interesting that what Villeneuve has done is by starting and I actually really thought the geni- it was genius to open with part one the way he did, where it's from Chani's perspective. It's very clear what the Harkonnens are there for. It's very clear what Spice is, the planet. Um, I thought that was brilliantly done. Um, but it grabs your attention really fast. I mean, you're you're in it. You care about Chani, and you don't even know who she is yet. And then to end the way uh, the ending was, which you just described so well a minute ago, Chani, it's it's interesting the parts of the story that he amplified, and so looking at part two, it will be interesting to see because I would I would bet good money that this is going to start with something gripping. It's gonna it's gonna pull us right in. It's gonna introduce some novel elements, perhaps character right characters right off the bat. But like you like both of you have said, how do you end this? Because Frank Herbert. It ends it with a conversation between Shani and Jessica, <laughs> and it's about history will remember us as wives right it's, it's not some sort of, you know, epic, um, you know, intensive uh, visual right. But because Villeneuve is such a visual artist, I believe it will, so I believe this will have an incredibly climactic ending and And what elements he will amplify to create that is is what I'm most excited about.
2: Um, just throwing this out there, I know we're on a bit of a tangent, but hey, why not? Um, <laughs> I always envision the the end I've thought this for years just because i've i've you know I've read the book uh, a few years ago now and and I've always been like a big movie guy. but I've, the ending of part two i feel like should be similar to like the ending of the godfather if that makes sense like i like because at the end of the godfather and and villeneuve mind you has compared directly compared michael corleone with paul atreides which i think is an interesting uh, uh comparison but i think you know at the end of the godfather michael he's talking to uh, uh i can't remember the name of uh, her character but uh, Diane Keaton's character and they're just you know talking about well you know I didn't actually do this I didn't do that I didn't order these people to be killed um, you know I'm not responsible for this and then she's like she's convinced at that in that moment that oh, okay everything's gonna be fine and she goes to like pour the drinks in the other room and then he goes he, he's still in the office and then he's surrounded by the you know the the crime syndicate and and then just through the doorway that separation and and the way it's framed, and you know, he come the guy comes in and kisses the ring, and then the door's closed off and like really just severs that relationship in a lot of ways, even though she's in part two um, of The Godfather. I just think something along those lines, like it doesn't have to be like grand necessarily, but something just very like that, that makes for like a great like metaphor, or, like some sort of analogy where you you know Paul has a strong relationship with Chani and his mother. I think you see something almost similar to that in the end of part one where he has this relationship with jessica we've seen throughout the film but now he's kind of going off on his own he's with the fremen he's with chani i think almost something similar to that where maybe we spend this whole movie between seeing this relationship build between chani and paul but now okay he's unleashed something and he's going to become something this like godhead essentially um that is just that it's he's almost going to be like inhuman trying to deal with him so I think that would be really cool. And just seeing the Fremen like kind of captured in like some way that they just kind of engulf Paul. And it's just this, it's like this big wave is like, that's kind of made her this uh fire as it's referred to in, as in the book. Um, I think there's just so many cool different ways they could go. And and I feel like as Garen, you know, caring, Garen's like, I don't really care for the synopsis and he's right. Like none of this, what I'm talking about is captured in that synopsis really. But I think that's what makes it so interesting. Like I'm very curious to see the marketing and, and, uh, how people receive the ending, what ending they kind of go with. I think we can kind of start to feel these things out just through this tiny piece of, uh, you know, uh, marketing
1: really, which is essentially what it is. Yeah, that is a really interesting comparison because at this point to those fans of the of part one who haven't read the book and don't, and don't know what happens to Paul, you know, at least, you know, like my, my, my wife and my kids and, and others that I'm close to, they, they like Paul Atreides. They they care about him. He he is the protagonist, right? They they realize that these visions could be true, but the way Villeneuve tells the story, it it establishes that his visions are not always accurate, right? So, is he really going to be this this overlord that creates millions of deaths throughout the universe? Like we don't they don't know that, right? So it will be it'll be interesting to see. How Villeneuve handles that, because in all the Marvel films, I mean, everything in our popular culture today is all about sort of these heroes that you know just conquer the evil and kick butt and take names and all that business. But this is different. This is a very different type of a character arc. And and yet, how will he handle that in a way that we understand what's happening to Paul? We understand he's making the choices he is. Um, this is a really complex thing to handle. And you've got, you've got, you know, the Herbert uh, estate involved, they're not going to want this to go, you know, off the reservation. And I think they really trust Villeneuve, as we all do at this point. But you've got to stay true to what Frank Herbert uh, was trying to communicate through this character, Paul Atreides. Um, it's not, it's, it's not Star Wars. It's not a, a Marvel film in in the context of the hero. So, um, like you were saying, Johnny, I just think there's a number of ways you could do this, but you also don't want the Paul Atreides character to just go completely like off the reservation either. You know, you don't <laughs> want it to be like, oh my gosh, what's happened to this guy? You know, it's got to progress in a way that yeah. you're like, okay, I understand why he's making these choices and you know the mm. pressure he's under, and then the 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 opposition from from the emperor who is mm-hmm. really pulling all of the of the of the strings here. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's just fascinating how you could take this story in so many different directions. I just I just want to know.
2: Um, I'm thinking it's hard to compare television to film, especially we only have one film versus multiple seasons of television. But I'm thinking of like Daenerys Targaryen and Game of Thrones, like she was a character that was loved and people like loved following her arc. And you knew there was always a chance that she could potentially go bad. But when she did go bad, ultimately at the end of game of Thrones, sorry for the spoiler alert, but like people had a a visceral reaction to that. And it was not necessarily a good one. Like it was more so like, well, she can go bad, but we need to believe it. Or we need to make sure that it's justified or that everything makes sense. I think that's the, the careful line you have to walk. So just making it logical and making sure that all the pieces are there, I think that's part two's biggest task, I would say. They've set a great foundation with part one, of course, but um, I think that's going to be the key. Um, and I think ultimately what I'm hearing is that we don't want actual Messiah Paul Atreides to bring the reins to Ar- Arrakis right. at the end of this movie, I think, is the
1: sentiment here. No rain, please. <laughs> no rain, please.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think we can uh, we can all sign up for that. No no, no rain in this movie. <laughs> Having just read
1: the very last chapter or section of, of the Dune novel, it does describe in there that, that, that Paul, either he says it or he thinks that, I can't remember, that the face of Arrakis will change, right? Because of what he's done and put the emperor in his rightful place, he will change the face of Arrakis. So I get why they did that. It was a cop-out, right? I know, you know... Um, David Lynch didn't want that. I get it. But, you know, I just want to defend the fact that that is an element in the story, but it doesn't rain, right? It's, it changes the face of the planet.
0: Yeah. And then there's uh, there's been some um, other news on terms of uh, shooting locations. Uh, so like the first movie, uh, Dune Part II will be heading to uh, Abu Dhabi, specifically to film scenes in the Liwa Desert. And the movie is sh- scheduled to shoot there for three weeks this fall. So obviously they wouldn't want to do that during the summer, but uh, so it's good to know that. Uh, Johnny, we've we've already talked at length about like how the production of the first movie made, you know, excellent use of practical sets. How big of a deal is it knowing that this movie has at least three weeks of filming in the desert?
2: Um, so, yes, to your point, and I think Marcus can correct me if you, you might, you may have seen something else or uh, read more, but I think in the actual, the tweet for like the Abu Dhabi or like UAE film industry, they said that it would be at like five weeks in Abu Dhabi for that, which is uh, even more extensive and definitely far more extensive than the, I said, um, 11 days is what they did for part one. So we're talking like three weeks more, essentially, at least. Um, And that says a lot. I think uh, when I tweeted about that, people were pretty excited by by that prospect that that we are going to see significant not just time in the desert, but big action sequences potentially, because we know, um, you know, book readers, at least that in the back half, there is pretty significant things that happen in the desert with um, skirmishes, battles, worm related things. Um, So that I think is very enticing. I can just imagine, you know, we saw in part one, how they had the, the practical ornithopters out in the desert and they had them up on the cranes and, I'm just imagining them with like a segment of a giant worm, <laughs> like out in the desert, hauled out there and uh, sitting on top of it or something. So I, I'm expecting significant action. I'm expecting significant spectacle. And um, I think there's gonna be all that time I think that they're gonna spend out there. There's more scenes in the desert that they have to film, I think, uh, generally speaking, but I think they're also gonna be just larger in like scope. And, and uh, I think that there's gonna be, um, you know, we saw in the vision um from part one you know we've been talking about the visions there's that you know uh moment of Moadi teaching the sardaukar uh you know their lesson um on the planes so i think we'll see you know that that image in the first film was pretty much entirely cg for the most part it was kind of painted in with you know the stunt performers and everything motion capture but i think that in uh this one we're gonna have you know people are gonna be out there in the desert worrying suits and armor and things like that and they're gonna have real you know real weapons and i think that's going to be a really fun um kind of change from what we saw in the first movie um whether it will be a close contest in some of these <laughs> um battles uh that remains to be seen but i think it, it definitely sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and and i think people are definitely looking forward to more desert more
0: fighting more worms especially there hasn't been any specific mention of, uh, of how long they're going to spend in, in Jordan, because I know that, it, that there was some, some uh, um, communication that they were going to return there, but I don't think that that has been officially mentioned how long they're going to spend there. So, so that definitely like a big amount of time in the desert overall. Yeah, I
1: think um, you, you've got the iconic scene, obviously, of, of uh, Paul learning to ride a worm, which is, you know, that's got to be done really well. Uh, so there's no strange weirdness to that. Um, I, I love that he's already established the shop with uh, with Leah Kynes, where shortly before she gets taken out, you know, she she the, she widens her arms and she has the maker hooks that come out, and you know, to those of us that know the story, we know exactly what she was about to do right there. But but then you know, uh, she was attacked, and and that was I, I thought that was also handled very well, and we've talked about that on this show before, but you know, how to handle the the worm writing and establishing all that is going to be really, really important. And that will lead the audience into, okay, this is what uh, Leto meant by desert power, right? And, and he, he's got to kind of build that for the audience to understand that. So yeah, I, I guess, as you're saying, Johnny, I, I'm not surprised that it's that many weeks in the desert, because so much of this, you've got, you've got sieges going on and interaction there, You uh, there's just a lot, you know, going on and so that's exciting.
2: Speaking of the the worm part of it, you know, you mentioned the writing definitely has to be done well and I'm super curious to see like how they approach that and and film it. I'm just thinking like <laughs> the uh, impression these worms are going to make in part two versus the first, because we don't see them a lot in the first one, to be honest. I mean, there's that really one famous shot where, um, you know, him, uh, him being Paul and Jessica are like face to face with the worm and it kind of rises up. I mean, you, you know, it's huge because you can see it tower over the two of them. But um, I think that worm in particular is going to be like a maggot compared to what he's going to end up calling, uh, you know, the big one um and my my i think my head can and i'm already established that the 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 worm that eats the harvester in part one is going to be the one that he ends up calling at the uh the during part two and he's going to ride it so i i'm i really can't wait to see just because they're going to expand on that a lot i think those creatures and i think that's going to be a really cool part of it um and i i I did a tweet a little while back where uh i said this is during oscar season i think i just said that you know i'm bummed out that we're gonna have so i feel like we're gonna have so few ornithopters in part two versus part one but we're gonna have a lot more worms and uh joe walker liked that tweet so (laughs) i'm thinking thinking we're in pretty good shape with
1: the the worm count or the the worm action at least in this movie that's great little joe walker confirmation on that that's that's good that's good enough for me
0: so the last part of uh Dune movie news we, we had is re- relating to the casting. So we are still getting uh, cast news. Of course, the, the major roles have been, been filled. Uh, we're still waiting for a confirmation on who is going to play Khanf, Khanf Rendering. So hopefully that's uh, still to come soon. Uh, but in the meantime, we're continuing to get some um, information on some of the smaller uh, roles as well. So we had the uh, confirmation that Suheila Yacoub is joining uh, Dune part two as uh, Shish Hakli. And uh, that's uh, Fremen Fidekin, a Fremen ska- Fedaykin, a squad leader. And in the book, she plays the important part that she basically hands um, the maker hooks to, uh, to Paul Tredes when he's going to uh, do his tests and, and, and ride the worm. And I, I can imagine that in, in a movie, that, you know, they're going to make us want to uh, feel more about uh, the, the Fremen and get more familiar with, with some of the other characters besides uh, Stilgar and, and Chani. So I can imagine her having uh, more scenes in a the, in the book as well. So um, yeah, Johnny, do, do you know any, anything about uh, her from previous roles? Yeah. So I haven't
2: seen her in anything. Um, she has, I, I can't remember, I believe it was Justin Kroll, uh, the deadline film reporter, but he mentioned that like three of her last f- like few films have been, um, like a Cannes film festival or something, or like a, a combination of festivals like uh, Berlin and some others. Um, and she's also, I think she was in a pretty uh, popular Netflix series as well, like a French Netflix series. Um, and, uh, Gaspar knows climax, which came out, uh, was in the last couple of years she was in that too um so i haven't seen her perform uh obviously as you mentioned the role is going to be a little bit uh on the smaller side of course we have no idea how that's going to be expanded from the book it sounds like uh, i when when i saw the news i was like oh cool like well because i saw her photo and i saw her name and i was like i'm very excited that they have someone that has you know uh, kind of mina Uh, connections or like Mina descent and heritage I thought that was uh, nice to see and I suspect other Fremen roles will also be filled out obviously there's gonna be a lot of Fremen in this movie um, which is gonna be awesome and I suspect that um, we're not gonna get every single name uh, on the casting list uh, prior to the movie coming out for all those characters Um, but I thought that was cool but I did not you know I did the name of the character did not immediately like come to my mind and so when I looked it up and saw that yeah that was the Fremen that handed him the hooks and uh, that that it was a warrior like one of the the Fede Keen. I thought that was pretty exciting. I'm and I'm I can't wait because th- just being reminded that that Paul does have these kind of you know as they say in the book like the death commandos <laughs> that go out and perform these missions. Really excited to see how they they capture some of that um, in the film. That should make some, for some fun action. But just knowing that they're going to highlight particular Fremen characters outside of just as you mentioned the main two like Stilgar and Chani, which is the you know mostly what, what we've been connected to so far is like the audience but i think even in part one they did a good job um you know establishing like jamis for example i thought that was that was really well done so if they can do something similar to that for a couple other you know Fremen characters and we're like just have having someone appear in like multiple scenes like talk to paul and kind of walk alongside him like throughout the movie i think uh you know his journey i think that would be uh important this seems to be one of the roles that they've they've selected and i also think it was um in the book it was a male character and so I think that, that all has also been changed um so that that's good too because as you know probably I think John Spates was one of the, the folks that mentioned like earlier on when they ultimately decided to um you know make uh, Leet Kynes uh, a woman that they were like well how can we fill in some other like roles um you know for women uh versus kind of what it is on the page so I think it's all all good signs and uh, I'm curious to see you know how she does in the role, and uh, I'm also curious, like I said earlier, to see how the other Fremen characters, what other Fremen characters are highlighted, and who ends up playing those roles too.
1: Yeah, I I, I think I'm excited to see uh, the same way there was some gender swapping in the characters, and also there was some uh, elevation or expansion of some of the characters of part one. Um, I'm, I'm kind of ex- excited to see what Villeneuve is going to do with with some of these characters, who you know, I'm grateful that he's he's ha- having this uh, this particular character we've talked about here um, as as someone who is a very you know experienced actress who could do a lot with this and elevate it and expand it. Um, but you know, he may he may do that uh, with some other characters as well. Um, and and so you know, he's got kind of a lot of freedom to do that but i know he's trying to also stay true to the fan base who knows the story so well so um you know one uh, one thought i just wanted to add on to this um sorry to take a little bit of a tangent here off of this character we're talking about um i i'm interested to see because in part one uh the baron has been uh elevated to this position of the ultimate evil and and he is the antagonist with a capital A. But in part two, it really is the emperor. And the way it is on the page, um, you know, the, the, the Baron doesn't have that kind of gravitas that he does in the first part of the book. So it'll be interesting to see how he balances that, how, how the, the writers have balanced that to make, to not throw away what's been established with a character like the Baron, but also. Uh, to make sure that the Emperor's, uh, you know, omnipotence and and ruthlessness is also very clear to the audience. So, um, you know, i just excited to see how certain characters are expanded and maybe certain characters are minimized, perhaps.
0: Okay, let's get into a little bit of expanded news.
1: The Duneverse. Books, comics, games, collectibles, and more.
0: This is uh, the segment where we talk about everything else happening in the world of Dune, and we have just a couple of news bites uh, today. So First up, uh, one gaming announcement. Uh, come On Games has uh, revealed Dune, uh, War for Arrakis. That's going to be a new strategy board game, and that's actually going to come to Kickstarter later this, this year, so we don't have exact timelines from them. Uh, what we do know is that this comes from the same design team behind uh, War of the Ring, which was a um, uh, re- really popular um, Lord of the Rings uh, strategy board game, so th- they're well-known players in the in the gaming industry. So then, then we had uh, actually some news on the collectibles and toy side. So uh, Super Seven, uh, they announced uh, their first wave of uh, Dune reaction figures, and so these are actually going all the way back to the to the 80s. Uh, so like a really retro re- re- look based on the 1984 uh, Dune film by uh, by David Lynch. Um, and the figures have already been uh, been released. So uh, this was announced and literally like one week later, we know that uh, Simon already got his, his hands on us uh, on some the figures. And so we'll wait till he's back next time to really uh, talk and get his, his full impressions about that. Uh, so you can look forward to that on the next time. So that's a wrap for this week. So let's uh, go ahead and sign off.
2: Well, thank you again, uh, everyone for joining us and watching and uh, supporting us again. Uh, it's always fun to join in. Miss Simon this time around, uh, buddy. But uh, I'm glad we got to still get connected and go over because the last couple of weeks have been really fun, and just the buzz building back up has uh, been been a uh, pretty neat to to see uh, online and and whatnot. And yeah, as Garen said earlier, just thinking every day like, what are they doing over there? <laughs> what are those sets looking like? What are the costumes looking like? What scene are they filming today or tomorrow? So that's just that's part of the fun, and I can't wait. To, you know fingers crossed maybe we'll get some little tidbits here and there over the next four months or so i'm expecting that to be like the production timeline so um not gonna get greedy but uh i'm, I'm really excited just to see i'm sure we'll, he- we'll hear things at least here and there or see posts on social media for maybe some casting crew and things like that Those usually slip through the cracks so um yeah thank you all for watching and you can find me at johnny sobcheck as always on twitter
1: yeah thanks for joining us i really just love speculating uh with the crew here and uh, just get, I get excited about you know what what could be. and um, I like all the thoughts that we're that we're sharing. Glad you're you're here with us for that. Um, and i I really do hope that unlike part one, they really do release kind of a lot more of the uh, the production stills and and other uh, news from from the production front just because there there is not only the original fan base, but now there's kind of a new fan base of people that really worldwide have fallen in love with this this new franchise so um yeah uh again this is uh garen you can find me on twitter at dune companion
0: and uh thanks for joining us yeah this is uh, marcus gabriel uh, so you can find me writing at uh, dune newsnet.com and find me on twitter and instagram at dunewsnet dune yeah, and it does seem that it has been a bit of an uh, awakening right like we, we had a movie that came out last year and now you know people see that it's really happening like dune part two is filming as as we speak so it's a really exciting time to to be a dune fan uh so yeah we're we're, uh, we're all here for it and looking forward to uh yeah share the upcoming news with you and uh, discuss a lot more uh releases on the other side whether it's the the books uh tv series and other stuff that we're going to get more news on in the near future so uh until next time take care
1: we hope you've enjoyed dune talk remember to like Subscribe and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to DoomNewsNet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.